Hello, this is Adrian Hendricks. And Jerry Hendricks from Say One More Now Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities that dishonor human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God in human life than to reject his eternal salvation only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. One of the things that we look to the Bible for is how to avoid offense against God. We are told that Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. God the Father has accepted us in Jesus and has forgiven us for our sins. We are so thankful for that, and we imagine we will spend eternity expressing our gratitude to Him. Even so, it is not our wish now or ever to continue any offenses against Him, especially if His written word spells it out for us. James 3 verse 2 says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. We do not want to offend other people, but we especially do not want to offend God. One of the scripture passages that helps us know what to avoid is Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. These six things does the Lord hate. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among brothers. All of these actions have the following things in common. They involve untruth or lies. They involve deeds which corrupt the perpetrators and harm other people. And they all misrepresent God's character because people, as God's imagers, are meant to represent God on the earth. Ultimately, what is missing from those who do these things is what the Bible calls the fear of the Lord. Our subject today has to do with one of our greatest needs, the fear of the Lord. This is a greatly misunderstood subject among many. Because Jesus came and lived among people as God with us, it can be confusing to hear that we should fear God. To get an idea of what we are talking about, let's look at what happened to David when he tried to retrieve the ark after it was returned by the Philistines at 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 2-10. through 10. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baali of Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwell between the cherubim. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. 
And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps, and on psalteries, and on timbrels, and on cornets, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased, because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Pera-Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord to him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. God gave his laws and statutes to the people who were in covenant with him not to ruin their lives or make life hard, but to teach them avoidance from that which would cut their lives short. These can be thought of as life-threatening non-negotiables. God warned that only the priests were to handle the ark and in a particular manner. Uzzah didn't observe that warning and lost his life. David, then terrified of further violating the command of the Lord, left the ark at the house of Obed-Edom. We who have entered into covenant with God through his son Jesus have been protected from many of the consequences that come from violating what God has told us. But his Holy Spirit does impress upon us those things which displease him. As one who has received discipline from violating his character, mostly because there were sinful attitudes in me that needed to be exposed and dealt with, I can tell you, if that happens to you, agree with him immediately and let him have his way with you on what needs to change. Don't let yourself become hard to his reproof. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 1 warns, He that being often reproved hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. And Proverbs chapter 15 verse 32 says, He that refuses instruction despises his own soul, but he that hears reproof gets understanding. In discussing the fear of the Lord, let's first take a look at God's character. 2 Chronicles 19 verses 4 through 11 describes the efforts of King Jehoshaphat to bring people back to the Lord. And Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem, and he went out again through the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim and brought them back to the Lord God of their fathers. And he set judges in the land throughout all the fenced cities of Judah, city by city. And he said to the judges, Take heed what you do, for you judge not for man, but for the Lord, who is with you in the judgment. Wherefore now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. Moreover in Jerusalem did Jehoshaphat set of the Levites, and of the priests, and of the chief of the fathers of Israel, for the judgment of the Lord, and for controversies when they returned to Jerusalem. And he charged them, saying, Thus shall you do in the fear of the Lord faithfully, and with a perfect heart. And what cause soever shall come to you of your brothers that dwell in their cities, between blood and blood, and between law and commandment, statutes and judgments, you shall even warn them that they trespass not against the Lord, and so wrath come upon you and upon your brothers. This do, and you shall not trespass. 
And behold, Amariah the chief priest is over you in all matters of the Lord, and Zebediah the son of Ishmael, the ruler of the house of Judah, for all the king's matters. Also the Levites shall be officers before you. Deal courageously, and the Lord shall be with the good. King Jehoshaphat warned the judges to take care of their judgment because they were making rulings on behalf of the Lord who was with them in their judgments, and that they should do this with the fear of the Lord upon them because there was no iniquity, respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. Furthermore, they were to tell those with whom they dealt not to trespass against the Lord so wrath would not come on them and their relatives. Finally, Jehoshaphat told these judges to deal courageously and the Lord shall be with the good. Plainly, there would be severe consequences if they did not represent the Lord faithfully. Additionally, the judges were instructed to warn the people not to sin against the Lord so that they and the people would not incur his wrath. Contrary to what many people may think, the fear of the Lord is a very, very good thing to have and hold on to. One of the things the Lord brought to my attention when I was first saved was advice from the writer of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 that says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all your getting, get understanding. Not long after that, I found this at Proverbs chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me your days shall be multiplied, and the years of your life shall be increased. Then at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. In fact, Job 28 talks about the relationship between wisdom and the fear of the Lord at verses 12 and 28. But where shall wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? And to man God said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Indeed, Psalm 34 verses 9 through 22 gives instruction on receiving and maintaining the fear of the Lord. In this passage, listen for the benefits of having the fear of the Lord and the consequences for that being absent in one's life. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, you children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to them that are of a broken heart, and saves such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Psalm 19 brings a beautiful connection between the law of the Lord and the fear of the Lord at verses 7 through 14. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. 
The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And so does Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endures forever. If there is anything we can see that we need in this day, it is the fear of the Lord. The Proverbs describe this quality as one which brings us those things many people say we need in this world. Listen as we recount them for you. Chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 1, verses 20 through 30. Wisdom cries outside. She utters her voice in the streets. She cries in the chief place of conquerors, in the openings of the gates. In the city she utters her words, saying, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make known my words to you. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But you have set at nothing all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. When your fear comes as desolation and your destruction comes as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. And at chapter 1, verses 31 through 33, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way, and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearken to me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Proverbs 2 verses 1 through 9 My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then shall you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keeps the paths of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. Then shall you understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yes, every good path. 
Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, to depart from the snares of death. Chapter 15, verses 16 and 33. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Chapter 16, verse 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord tends to life, and he that has it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Chapter 22, verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Chapter 23, verses 17 and 18. Let not your heart envy sinners, but be in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end, and your expectation shall not be cut off. As a matter of fact, even though he is God, Jesus has the fear of the Lord, as was prophesied at Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 5. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. Again, we declare to you that we all need the fear of the Lord. This attitude has the power to turn us away from a path of destruction for ourselves and for others onto a path of life and for the glory of God. Witness the encounter between the risen Jesus and Saul of Tarsus at Acts chapter 9. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prays. And has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on your name. 
But the Lord said to him, Go your way, for he is a chosen vessel to me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hand on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to you in the way as you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he tried to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and declared to them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. Which when the brothers knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Are you missing the fear of the Lord in your life? Has the Holy Spirit been nudging you about something that needs to be brought into submission to Jesus? If this is so, it is for your good. It may be unpleasant, but perhaps it is part of the Lord's correction in your life. Please consider taking a moment and asking Him to help you deal with whatever it is. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 6 and 7 and 9 and 10 say, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chastens not? Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. The fear of the Lord is the one fear that will not only keep us in favor with God and with others, but will provide what we need in this life and eventually secure our place with him in eternity as we partake of his holiness. Let us pray. Our Holy Father, we come to you this day as your children, dear and beloved in the Holy Son, Jesus, the Anointed One. We thank and praise you for the unthinkable love you have demonstrated to us in every possible way. With these meditations on our relationship with you, the words, the fear of the Lord, may be confusing to many. What we want to do is to remember in the midst of loving you, to respect you as you ought to be respected, not only as creator, but as Jesus said in Matthew 10:28, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Jesus has appeased your righteous wrath over us with his blood. Now let us have the respect due to you who has all power and appreciate your loving, merciful ways toward us. We love you. Please help us to love you as it pleases you with all fear, gratitude, and respect. You have our worship forever. In Jesus' name, amen.
We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for His calling on your life. If you faithfully spend time with Him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that He really loves you and He has a purpose for your being here. You can hear this message again on our website at saveonemorenow.org. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org or our telephone number in the United States 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life is good. God gives life. God is good.